Hey listeners, Alice here. Just a quick heads up before the show starts. There is mention of vomiting in this episode, so when Tay starts talking about the little girl off to the side, just skip ahead about a minute if that's not your thing. Thanks. Please listen carefully. Welcome to Unofficial Moho Radio, a podcast by women's hockey fans for women's hockey fans. I'm Lauren, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Tay and Alice. Hi. Hi. That's what our <laughs> intro is, right? You, got, you yes. nailed it in one. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Do we say what our what we're like going to be talking about? I think we probably... We, look, okay, if we say it now, we got to stick to it, and we can't go off on tangents. I mean, we shouldn't, but we will. We're going to try to stick to a structure. But before we start, um, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to some of our lovely, lovely patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Abby, Al, and Shane. You are amazing and we love you. And if you want to help support the show, if you are not one of those patrons, you can head over to patreon.com slash unofficial woho radio and get things like bonus episodes stickers and more this episode we have a lot of exciting things to talk about the nwhl all-star game happened and tay met amanda kessel and the blades in the inferno played a game worth four points also uh we're going to talk about about the awihl or i should say alice will talk about the awihl because I don't know about Tay, but I definitely don't really know anything about it. And very exciting rivalry series, which just wrapped up. And then, of course, we have question period with questions from our listeners. So, Tay, tell us all about the NWHL All-Star Game. Oh, man. So much. <laughs> so much happened. I, I I really don't even know where to start. I guess... I can go in chronological order and do the skills competition. Yeah. So the skills competition happened on Saturday in like the late afternoon. It actually took place during a college hockey tournament. It, I don't know a whole lot about that. I just know that I walked into the Ford Ice Center and it was literally packed full of people. And half of them were carrying hockey bags. (laughs) (laughs) But there was a huge line of people all waiting to get into, like, one of the ice rinks at Ford. And that was the line for the skills competition. Because that was a sellout crowd of 500. Like, 500 doesn't seem like a lot of people until you get around 500 people. And then it's a lot of people. You know? Um, Let's see. We had to, like, stand outside. Oh, my God. Y'all are going to hate this, but it's so gross. But um, Bailey and I got in line, and I was trying to figure out where my friends were because I had some friends from the New Jersey area that I knew were going to be there. And um, as I'm texting them and as I'm turning to talk to my sister, this little girl who is, like, with her parents just hanging out off to the side, like, kind of near a wall, just starts projectile vomiting. (laughs) Oh, no. Everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and she, like, is just 
right across from where Bailey and I are standing. And it was so gross and unexpected. And the weirdest thing is that this girl was completely unaffected. She did not give a shit that she just projectile vomited twice. She went right back to playing. And Bailey and I were like, I am going to go cry. (laughs) Bailey, by the way, is Tay's sister, for those of you who don't know that. And you're like, who is Bailey? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's my sister. She no, came ba- with me. But yeah, Bailey doesn't actually know a whole lot about women's hockey. She just wanted to go because she likes hockey and she knows I like women's hockey. Um, and she ended up being like super impressed by like all of the athletes. But, yeah, we waited outside for a bit and like I definitely got accidentally hit with a couple of equipment bags. It's fine. It's whatever. It's kind of a tight space, whatever. A couple people actually like came up to me in line and asked what the line was about. And I'm not sure how I got voted spokesperson for the line, but I got to explain <laughs> about women's hockey and, and the NWHL a couple of times to um, some college athletes. So that was that was kind of special. Um, everyone that didn't know about it was super interested because Nashville is like totally a hockey town. But we got in there and I... I'm really sad to hear that the broadcast of the skills event wasn't as quality as I was hoping it would be, but everything did seem kind of rushed there. I don't think the media had a whole lot of time to get in there and set up. It looked like they got in there as soon as we were allowed in there. I don't know. Like, I wasn't too upset about that because I I kind of understood the constraints that we seemed to be under. Yeah. And it was still, like really fun like we were all into it and the players were clearly having fun which is probably the best part I was watching it from home and while like I thought it was so fun to watch not to bring up men's hockey but whenever I watch like an NHL um like all-star skills competition it's the most boring thing ever that I've ever watched in my life and like this broadcast like I (laughs) like Like, I actually, like, really enjoyed it. Like, there were some issues with the broadcast. Like, mm-hmm. they'd be playing, like, a replay of the last shot. And, like, we never got to see Amanda Kessel's flying V. Or they would, like, change the angle at the last second. And then players would be blocking the camera. So that was, like, that was a pain. But other than that, like, it was really fun to watch. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm like, damn, I got to get my passport renewed so I can go to an NWHL All-Star game. <laughs> It's fun. And I think um, I think what might have happened with the players blocking the shot is that they didn't expect the players to all like remain on the ice. Oh, yeah. Because at make... the beginning, they were all on the bench. <laughs> they just decided <laughs> to not do that anymore. Yeah. I have to say, the Flying V was beautiful in person. It was so smooth. We were all very confused because, like, for absolutely zero reason in the middle of the trick shot challenge, like, six people got up and, like, got onto the ice from the little, like, <laughs> cluster of, of players. And I, we yeah. were all very confused. But then they started going, and I swear that um, Shannon Zabatis was a part of the flying V. Like, I think she started them off and then kind of, like, ducked out after they got going oh it was beautiful oh that's awesome it was so good okay and then okay and then what about the game like or like did you meet amanda after the skills competition or was it after the game on sunday 
it was after the skills competition um, because since um, the Sunday game was essentially the second half of like a back to back thing at Bridgestone, there wasn't going to be time for um, for an autograph line. So the only autograph line they had was after the skills comp. I didn't see them clarify that. I I think I saw it mentioned on Twitter once, but everyone who was there like was aware that that was happening. So. I guess the news got out somehow, but um, let's see. So the way they did the autograph line was they set up tables in the lobby and they had purple team on one side and white team on the other. And then the one table, you just go and hop in the back of the line for the other. Mm -hmm. I started off with the white line because that was the team that I was rooting for. And let's see. In that line, I met Michelle Picard, who is the sweetest person to ever live (laughs) i mean maybe that's a bold statement but like she like started a conversation with me and like actually like maintained the conversation like the whole time i was like in front of her not just like a hi how are you like thanks for coming out she was like hey where are you from oh my gosh arkansas how did you like learn about hockey that's so cool like (laughs) you're like like, i googled (laughs) i looked it up oh my god that was like slightly embarrassing to be like I had to look it up, but it makes sense because, I mean, our, like hockey is not a thing in Arkansas, so like there's not really any other way to get into it. Anyway, uh, Michelle Picard, amazing, so sweet. I met Zabatis. I met Blake Bolden, who is just a ray of sunshine. I don't think she stopped smiling the entire time I saw her. And it wasn't, like, a forced, like, public persona smile. She was, like, genuinely so happy to, like, be there and, like, to, like, show off, like, her hardest shot and, like, meet everyone that came out. Like, she was such a joy. And there was Madison Packer, who was very confused by her um, Sharpie because she signed so many t-shirts. It caught, like, little fuzzies on it and it was just, like, making a mess. And she just spent, like, maybe 30 seconds, like, picking fuzz off the Sharpie before (laughs) signing my program. (laughs) And after Packer was Amanda Kessel, who is smaller in person. I don't know why they look like giants when they're, like, skating around on the ice, but, like, Lee Stackline, though, like, she walked by and I was like, yeah, she's a giant. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I am, too. Yeah, I met Amanda Kessel and she was amazing. And I almost couldn't talk to her to ask her to sign my jersey. But she signed it. And my sister was taking pictures of Amanda signing my jersey. And since I was backwards, like, I I couldn't see her. So I wasn't able to, like hear her as well because my auditory processing disorder kind of messes with me if I can't like see someone talking so I heard her say something and it sounded like look over there and I was like look what look where so I turned around and she just went you want a picture right and I was like yes and she was like okay look over there at the camera and I was like oh my god okay (laughs) (laughs) so Bailey took a picture thankfully it was like a good picture And then I went over to, like, the end of the purple tables line, and I had to, like, just put my hands on my knees for a second and just be like, I I have to do some breathing exercises. (laughs) Give me a second. (laughs) Mm, They were amazing. And then, let's see, purple line, I met Emily Fluke, and she was talking to the person in front of me in line about, like, 
tossing a catfish on the ice. I think they had been joking about it. And she was like, yeah, just like, just let it fly. Just like toss it out there. And I was like, oh my God, Emily Fluke wants a catfish on the ice. Yes. (laughs) They were all like super sweet. Very nice. I'm sure they were very tired. (laughs) Because there were a lot of people there. And I'm pretty sure like 90% of them got in line. There were um, so many Predators fans that stayed afterwards to watch. About like half of them didn't stay the whole game, which I totally understand. They just sat through an entire hockey game plus overtime and stayed for like a 25-minute half of the All-Star game. And I understand like them being tired and like wanting to go home. But when I sat down, I was with um, a couple of friends and my sister, obviously. And I was just looking around at like this sea of gold jerseys. And I was like, this is amazing. And I totally knew that Nashville would show up for this league. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was so good to see. Yeah. Um, and I bet I bet a, a few of those are going to be interested in the NWHL in the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of them will be. Like they held mm-hmm. a... Um, a clinic at Ford Ice Center. I don't remember when, but it was mentioned in an article on Penalty Box Radio um, where the NWHL players held um, like a, a clinic. And I don't think they advertised it like that that was happening. They just did it for maybe like the kids and the Preds learn to play program. But they got to do that. And like all these little girls in Nashville got to see and play professionally and play at such a high level. And I know that they're going to like 100% fall in love with playing hockey because of that because they got to see people who look like them who have the same experiences as them like play and also love the game that much and that's just so special to know that Nashville gets that because they want like they really threw their support behind this event 100 mm-hmm. percent. that's so sweet I'm just mm-hmm. like hand over my heart like hard eyes tearing up right now this was essentially like of real game like Nashville wasn't like this is like women's hockey this is like lower tier hockey they were like this is serious this is like this is a show that we are putting on we are behind you 100% like they were tweeting about it during the Preds game they gave away a Pecorine jersey um to someone who um was at the all-star game like that was something they did to like encourage Preds fans to stay after like they were doing all of this because they knew that this was going to be a good, like, a really good game. And it was. And Catfish Jake was there. Do y'all remember, um, do y'all remember the tomfoolery that was the Preds, Penn, Stanley Cup Finals playoff series? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember the, um, or, the, like, the mouthwash thing. Oh, my God. Okay. I think before the mouthwash thing, there was... Because the series started in Pittsburgh, and I don't remember which game it was, but a Predators fan threw a catfish on the ice in Pittsburgh, and which was a huge deal because um, Pittsburgh fish markets, I guess, started saying um, for that like time period around that series, they would demand to see photo ID so that Nashville fans couldn't buy catfish to throw on the ice. <laughs> oh my god. Just, just, just to preface this, because it gets dumber. 
Um, So this fan brought a catfish from home, tossed it on the ice, got arrested, charged with disrupting a meeting with an (laughs) instrument of a crime. (laughs) (laughs) That man's name is Catfish Jake. Catfish Jake threw a catfish on the ice at the NWHL All-Star Game. He was there. (laughs) What a star. He's a star. He's honestly like a Nashville icon. Yeah. I think that's really, really compelling for putting a team there. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, Mm -hmm. when it comes to expansion, I think they should focus on solidifying the markets they already have. Sorry to get technical after all of that, but like, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I I seriously think when it comes to like doing expansions, it shouldn't be like the idea to keep expanding and expanding, but to like put teams in places that, you know, like, like Nashville that will genuinely welcome and love their teams. Kind of like the CWHL's Markham Thunder used to be in Brampton and it moved to Markham and you can really see how much like the mayor loves them. The city loves them. Mm-hmm. so much and it's it's nice to see teams in a place that genuinely wants a team um and this doesn't have like anything to do with the nwhl itself but one of the um things that nash crowds do at home games is when paul announces one minute left in the period we all say thanks paul like every game every period it's just like, <laughs> something we do we just say thank you he's doing a good job but he did that for for one of the periods, I guess it was the last period, um, and we all went, thanks, Paul, and, like, all the NWHL fans that were, like, confused the first time we did it, they knew, and they, like, caught on, and they were able to do it that time, too, and after we all went, thanks, Paul, he went, you're welcome, <laughs> which he never does. <laughs> Aww. It was so sweet. <laughs> I know that he was struggling with... um a couple of players' names. I think it was some of the European players, which is fair. They're not, you know, the easiest to, like, learn on the fly if that's not... If that... Oh, my God. Could you like your tugboat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I die for tugboat. Oh, me too. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he still did a good job. But he was just loving it and, like, giving it his all for the All-Star game and was really doing his best to like get all the pronunciations like 100% correct I genuinely appreciate when people who do not like cover the games make an effort Um, Mm -hmm. I'm totally not referencing something else that happened but in in this case it's like if you aren't familiar with it but you at least try and do it justice especially after doing another game before that then I Mm -hmm. appreciate that way more than someone who like might have a pronunciation guide, but like doesn't actually put any effort into it other than the minimum required. Is that a, is that a segue? Does that work as a segue? Yeah, um, that counts. <coughs> yeah. Segue into the uh, Team Canada and Team USA, the you know national teams, had a uh, rivalry series as it was called. So they played three games against each other in three different towns or cities i think they did toronto london ontario and then detroit mm-hmm. uh, or or london then toronto but like three different yeah. cities over the course of like several days yeah I, like, I really love that they had this series 
because like the roster looks completely different than it would for like another tournament because you're missing like the players who are still in like college so it like gives other players a chance to like kind of step in and make an impression but also like as a fan too i'm just like yes give me more of that in a low stakes game where i'm not just like stressed about everything and can actually like enjoy it more Mm -hmm. I I love like it's a low stakes game, but they're not playing it like it's a low stakes game because the rivalry, um, hence the uh, the the name of the series. And also the fact that like for a lot of these players, it it is because those those college players are missing. It is kind of like a tryout for the Olympics. If if they do good in these games, then they'll have a better shot of making it when the when the NCAA players come back. Yeah. Or like world championships is just like six weeks away. Yeah. Oh, I it's, forgot. Oh, right. They I kept mentioning it. I was that close. I was they kept like, mentioning Whoa. it, and I kept forgetting. I was like, I'll put that in my calendar, and then I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Hillary Knight in a Sportsnet article, she was like, even if we were playing for a piece of gum, I would still want to like beat them, and the rivalry would be just as big. <laughs> Absolutely. Hillary also, Knight's just... gonna fight briefly planned in a Denny's parking lot over a piece of gum. <laughs> <laughs> You say that like she hasn't already. I'm sure they have fought. Who's to say? One of the favorite, my favorite parts of of the series, other than like the actual games, which were extremely entertaining, they're always so good, was the uh, CWHL Twitters trying to find out, trying to figure out who to cheer for because they'd have players who who on their like play on their teams, but in this case, they're on playing for Canada or the US so they're like I mean we're yeah. glad that so and so scored but they scored against a goalie who's on our team so mixed feelings there it's like hilarious yeah yeah um the Wisconsin Badgers they they tweeted after USA won the first game and they're like a great um a great night for the Badgers and cuz they retweeted something about like Knight and Rigsby and Blair Turnbull retweeted for the American Badgers Oh, <laughs> did y'all um, see that um, intermission interview where someone asked Hillary Knight what it's like to play against um, her teammates, and she was like, "Yeah, I mean, difficult, but hopefully, we'll all have one league to play in in the future." And I just had to sit there and like think about forming league. Apparently, changes whether or not you're Canadian or American. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, "Ugh, one league again." And then, like five minutes later, I was like, "Wait, that's not right." She's just trying to like shoehorn in one league like at every opportunity because she really wants that. And like, I understand that. I get it. You want to keep that at the front of people's minds, but like, your Canadian teammates are still going to be Canadian if you all play in one league. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure with Hillary Knight, you could ask her, like, oh, how are you liking the weather outside? And she would, like, find a way to bring up one league when she answered your <laughs> Well, it's <laughs> raining right now, but if we had one league, it'd be sunny. Pretty much or, interpreting that as her just, like, blatantly saying she would not play in Canada if Danny Ryland was not in charge of a league. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what I was going to say. And Sophie Batez. Oh, Yeah. Hey, did you know that she is 31 years old and got called up to the national team for the first time in, like, a while? They only Um, mentioned it, like, 5,000 times on the broadcast. I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I was only able to watch one broadcast, and I 
didn't have the commentary on. So this is the first I've heard of this. Okay, well, you were spared because no. <laughs> it was it was bad. Yeah, and and don't feel bad. I missed the entire um, All Star Weekend because uh, for listeners who do not know, my um my uh, dog got really sick and had to be put down. So uh, it happened at a bad time. Uh, well, any time would have been bad, but that particular time I was not in the uh, hockey enjoying mood that weekend. So yeah, yeah. so I. I missed the first period and like the first half of the second period of the first two games because this is one thing if they do this in the future, they need to remember that there are people who like hockey in the Pacific time zone and our work day or most people's work day will go to like five o'clock. That's like a general thing is jobs go from nine to five. But for us, the game starts at four. So we missed like half of it. Oh, so. yeah. But luckily on Sunday, I got to watch the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The commentary. It was it bad, was, y'all. It was so terrible. Like, I think I heard about players, male relatives more than I heard about the actual players. Okay. It's it's like, I get that they don't cover these players and these, these teams like as their jobs, you know, but you can like, he- the co- like the male commentator like Rod Black I think his name is you could tell he was doing the thing where you read facts off a sheet and try to make it sound like you're not reading off a sheet because every like if it like a player would take hold of the puck or like do a thing and he'd be like hey like you know and Sophie Batez 31 years old getting called up to team Canada like blah 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 every single time she had the puck basically yeah. um and it wouldn't have been that bad. Like, it was annoying, especially um, whoever did the uh, different guy for the Olympics last time, because he just cycled through, like, a list of facts every single time. Nothing new every single time. This one had some variety, not a whole lot, but, like, some more. But he wouldn't actually talk about the game. He was supposed to be doing the play-by-play. And then they had a color commentator, um, Cheryl? Cheryl Pounder. Yes, her, she was doing the color commenta- commentary and she was actually pretty good, like trying to like she was talking about like strategy, blah, 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 whatever co- color commentators do, which is what I appreciate. But he'd be like, hey, so uh, Zabados, did she, did you know that she plays in a men's league? Let's see how like played in a men's league. Like how many times can I mention that the Lamaru twins had babies? A ton, <laughs> it turns out. And I and I get that like they don't cover it but just don't talk about it because there was like minutes going by of stuff happening in the game and he would just be like talking about the previous olympics or something and it's like things would be happening in the game and i think it was perfectly encompassed by um carpenter uh he like you know carpenter had the puck and then she committed like a pretty big giveaway, except he didn't mention that because he was too busy talking about how she was definitely related to some guy named Bobby. <laughs> and it's like, I don't I don't care. I don't care about this random football player who may or may not be married to coin like it doesn't matter. And may it or may not be married. <laughs> I don't. Mm-mm. They are. Yeah, absolutely married. <laughs> yeah, they are. But apparently the, they content to mention that like i counted three whole times during that one game uh strangely never mentioned that megan duggan who they did talk about did not marry apps during the during the thing 
you know? Yeah, like he mentioned like a thousand times that Megan Duggan wasn't with the team and never mentioned she got married, but made sure to mention everybody else's marriage if they were married to a man who did sports of any kind. Yeah, there was a point during one of the games where he just listed off male relatives of this one player. And it's it's fine to talk about, like, do little the cool sides. Like, oh, you know, like, for example, like Nurse, like the fact that a lot of her... Like, I wouldn't mind that as much. Like, you can do that. Like, it's it's a thing that people talk about because it's, it's interesting and it's cool. The fact that, like, her family is in so many different leagues, you know? But the fact that they keep doing it over and over and over again and not talk, like, and not talking about the game. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Like, I had to mute it several times because he'd just be droning on and on about some unrelated fact and there'd be like actual action happening on the screen. I'd have to mute it because like I don't care about the third time you're mentioning Zabados, like Zabados's performance in the previous Olympics because you mentioned it twice before. I'm going to mute this and watch the actual power play happening right now. One thing he did do well is that he actually mentioned like the CWHL and the NWHL and the teams that the players are on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not that was accurate about what teams the players were on. I, I like I tweeted about this, but I compared it to watching your favorite NHL team on a national broadcast every time you watch them. So you just get repeated the same facts over and over, and it's boring because you know them already because you've been there, you live there, <laughs> you know this. <laughs> we know. Eh- we know Batez is 31. You don't have to say it five times in the same broadcast. Yeah. We know. Um, yeah. I liked how um, Eric Ayala and who was it? Sherry? The two who did the um, NWHL All-Star Game commentary. Yeah. They like essentially like threw down the gauntlet for it. They were like, we just did a whole weekend where we didn't mention someone's male relatives. Your turn. <laughs> And then Rod was like, oh, I'm actually going to go in the complete opposite direction. We're not even going to talk about the game. We're going to just talk about men during this women's hockey game. Oh, by the way, they're not even hockey players. These men, they're football players. <sighs> yeah, um, they did get better during the end of the last game. I sincerely wonder if someone had told them to actually talk about the game because there was like a full two minutes where they didn't talk about it at all while there was like a power play going on. Um, mm-hmm. which is something like actual like you know chances for goals were happening and they were just like how many times can we talk about like previous olympics a lot apparently and after and then there was a there was a commercial break and they came back and i unmuted it and i was shocked to hear him actually doing the play-by-play which was his job even though it sounded like he was trying to do color commentary at the same time someone else was there for that and so the end of the game was good it was i mean not just because canada won but it was it was it really picked up. <laughs> the play by play was good. I was I was entertained. What else are we doing? Uh we have a we have a Oh. Um, do we wanna see the rivalry series become an annual event? Oh yeah. Um so I have two opinions about this. One is yes, because it was really good and it got a lot of attention. And I do feel like people are going to be interested in the N and the C because of it. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, like they aren't getting paid to do it. And I do think 
like if we're going to ask them to do this every year and like they had to travel and all this stuff i think there should be conversations about their pay for that yeah um i know like like hockey canada tweeted if it should be an every year thing and Blair Turnbull was like, is this even a question? So, like, I think the players already want it. But, like, yeah, I do, like, they do need to be getting paid for their work. um, Because Mm -hmm. somebody is making money off of it, off of, like, selling the tickets and whatnot. Not to make everything about Nashville, but could y'all imagine a rivalry series game happening in Nashville? (gasps) Right? Oh, they could take it to, like, so many different markets who don't get to see hockey, like, all the time. Yeah. yeah like, women's hockey all the time. That's really good. See, that that would be a good idea. Because then you don't have to worry about, um like, oh, like, oh, like, different teams and stuff, because it's two different countries as long as you have it in those countries. Like, people are going to show up because patriotism, if nothing else. Um, yeah. And then you could totally bring it to different markets, test out the waters, plus introduce the game to different places. That's so good. Yeah. Like, yeah. having that in, like, Nashville or, like, Vegas. Vegas yeah. would be great. There would yeah. be so much glitter. I would <laughs> go to Vegas for that. <laughs> yeah. That would be so fun. Like, all these markets that just, like, are so hungry for more hockey and for more, like, high-level, high-energy rough and tumble hockey which is what rivalry series games would bring that would be incredible yeah and they could and they could team it up with some clinics and Mm -hmm. stuff like that like the same with the all-star game yeah have like just the day like the day or so before or advertise it at the thing but i think we should move on to the question because this is like a good jumping off point especially with this discussion about like moving the rivalry series around because one of our lovely lovely patrons abby um sent us a question and the question is given the huge viewing success of the nwhl all-star weekend and the rivalry series what do you think the next steps might be to try to capitalize off of that boost in viewership to keep growing the sport mm. i think we kind of answered that with the moving around um the the rivalry series if you did turn it into an annual thing with the rest of that like See, what I want is I want, like, better streams, because I think that really would help, especially with the sort of conversation about the viewership debate going on. And the answer is, is that the way Periscope and Twitter counts views is different than the way YouTube does. Yeah. So even though it says a bunch of people watched it, it's definitely not that much. You can tell there is a difference. I don't think it's that relevant other than saying it's probably just artificially inflated based off of that. And you can't really tell how many people watched it for a significant amount of time. But in the end, it doesn't really matter because a lot of people watched it and that's what's important. Like, I really would like to see better streams, like more. And I get the tech problems happen, but the thing I've noticed watching them is that something really basic is that the way they um, balance on the um, camera, the way they balance the whites are bad, so it looks really dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I notice it because it's really different depending on the arena and the camera they're using. Mm-hmm. So I think like putting more effort into that consistency because they have like the Twitter thing and they can really push this and link it to the national team like, teams and link it to that. Yeah. If they have like better, better media, better mm-hmm. social media presence and like a mm-hmm. marketing plan. And and I do I I want to briefly touch on in comparison, like comparing the CWHL games and the NWHL 
streams, like those those things, to the IW, uh, the, sorry, AWIHL, the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League, because I watched a few of their streams, and it's they're really like they're really good. They're very clean, professional. They have nice, simple graphics that are, that look good. Um, they have, and even just basic things like, and I realized this, like, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. I don't know what their budget's like, but I do know that the Australian Women's Ice Hockey League's budget is not that enormous. You can kind of just tell, but like, they still have things like they'll have a clock counting down. They'll have little, um, super, again, super neat and clean and good graphics for when someone gets a penalty, if there's like a power play, if someone scores, like they... You can tell it's just they have this and they have a preset thing. They hit a button and it pops up on the screen. Mm-hmm. And the commentary is super, it's it's very good. It's accessible, but also comprehensive. So they have like the same setup of someone doing color commentary, someone doing play-by-play. Those mm-hmm. little those little tweaks from people who knew what they were doing. And I'm going to look up who was doing the uh, both of these things because they were very good. Um, yeah, I think, like, for the success of, like, the view, the viewership, like, what the next step would be, um, I know a lot of people are probably thinking, well, obviously, they have these numbers, they should be taking it to, like, NBC or, like, SportsCenter, TSN or whoever to, like, get them to broadcast, but, like, my concern with, like, mainstream media being involved is that you get people like Rod Black doing the commentary instead of, like, the people who have already been doing it and are familiar with the league and the players and how it works. hmm Like, if they can get, like, NBC Sports to broadcast a game but have, like, knowledgeable people do it, I'm all for it. But, like, I don't want someone like rod black doing the commentary for a women's hockey game ever mm-hmm. yeah i mean they've got a pretty pretty deep pool of talent uh for people who've done commentary and play-by-play for women's hockey and yeah. who do it really well i do I'd say like see them like pull from that i absolutely love the play-by-play and the commentary at basically every stream i've tuned into um like the cdhl has some really good color commentary and the good thing like what they do is they is like as opposed to again like with the national team the people who are doing it are specific to those teams like in you know other leagues so they know they know the teams they know the players they know and they and they balance it really well with um you know personal touches and things about the things about the players and that team specifically and also making it accessible for people who are tuning in for the first time Mm -hmm. that was one thing when I was watching the rivalry series, I was like thinking about the time I like the last time I watched a, a like Canadians home game and Robin Flynn was doing the commentary and she's so good at it. And she also does like a radio show for TSN, I think. So then when I'm watching like the rivalry series and Rod Black is doing a terrible job, I'm like, TSN, Robin Flynn literally already works for you and knows (laughs) these players and is familiar with them and is better suited for the job. Like she's right there. I just right. want to um, brief brief aside. The two uh, people I was talking about were um, Alyssa Longmuir, I think is 
hopefully I'm not mispronouncing that, and um, Eric Brooke for who do the color commentary and um, uh, play by play respective like each respectively um, in the Australian league, and they do a good job. I would highly recommend tuning in to any like any of those games if you can watch them. In terms of um, going back to Abby's question with um, like running with the momentum that they have now, um, I know that we've said move around rivalry series games and stuff. And I know that I've said Preds and Golden Knights or not Golden Knights. Um, oh, yeah, I guess Golden Knights. God damn. I'm <laughs> so tired. Um, <laughs> Nashville and Vegas. I also want to throw out um, Colorado. Because they tweet about Nicole Hensley all the time. Oh. <laughs> they oh. adore her. <laughs> I mean, Nicole Hensley is playing on a team owned by the same people who own the Sabres and went to a Sabres game with her team and wore a Colorado Avalanche shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> how could did. you not love her if you're the Avs? Exactly. I think the abs would be wonderful hosts for a women's hockey event. I think they'd do a really good job. And that's also another non-traditional market. Um, but also could you imagine more women in the NHL all-star weekend? I know that like we can all talk like for hours about how we don't need like the NHL to like, run women's hockey or anything but like i figure since the men aren't having fun anyway (laughs) (laughs) we can just actually have some good fun and watch these women like really show what they've got like Mm -hmm. they have national team members demo the events like before the men do them and they don't televise that bit and i feel like they should not only start doing that but also just like let the women actually compete and yeah. have more women in like, there you know they the literally the only reason i watched the skills competition is because i knew that like rebecca johnson and foss and decker were gonna be there mm-hmm. and then they only showed coin and johnston and i was so disappointed yeah like just put them on tv like i know like i think if they're going to be competing in the event, I'm all for that. But I know, like, they probably would have to, um, like, get the NHLPA to agree to it because if then the women are also competing for the money, but they're not in the NHL. Like, that kind of complicates things. So I think they would have to get NHLPA, like, approval. Um, yeah, but, but like, the, I can't imagine that being that big of a problem. Yeah. Um, or if it is, then... Uh... People will not like you can probably easily get some backlash like you can easily whip up some backlash yeah. against that because that's just so dumb. They're already making millions. They do not need any more money. Yeah. <laughs> Ovechkin doesn't need another car. No. And <laughs> I like. Oh, my goodness. I keep talking and then like forgetting what I was going to say as I'm saying it. <laughs> I, oh, I hate all that. the time. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh. Okay, so, like, I know, like, the NHL doesn't want to pick sides between the, the like, the, N- the NWHL and the CWHL, but they could just, like, do it as they kind of have been, like, just have them be representing their national teams. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even if they wanted to get, like, 
Nora Rashu or something, she could wear her Team Finland jersey or like you don't yeah. like you don't have to pick a side between the leagues to include them. And that's going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. And if you like the show, please help spread the word by telling people on social media or your friends in person or however you want. And if you want to help us out even more, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash unofficialwohoradio, where you can pledge money to support us and get exclusive content like bonus episodes, bloopers, and more. And you can follow the show on Tumblr at unofficialwohoradio, on Twitter, at Woho Radio, and you can also follow the co-hosts on Twitter. I'm at Yolo Woho. Tay is at Rivs underscore R underscore Rolling. That's R like the letter and Rolling with no G. And Lauren is Spoon Nicholson. That's Spoon as in Spooner and Nicholson like Mickelson. Thanks. Bye.